The long, dark tunnel of the dungeon leads you to an ancient wooden door. You open the door, and on the other side, you find a wizard sitting at an old antique desk, with many tomes scattered in front of him. The wizard suddenly looks up, looks at you as if he's not seen another human for at least five centuries, and then speaks. Greetings. I've been in seclusion here for 500 years, trying to find a secret to unlimited power. And I think at long last I found it. I was reading through these ancient tomes, and I discovered this phrase of great power. Hello everyone and welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard. I am of course Ryan Howard and today on the show we are talking to Jackie Zanto who is the creator of Crawler, a brand new app for role-playing groups to kind of find new members. It's like r slash LFG but you get to actually put details about yourself and you can match up with people who you think would be compatible with you. It's, it's like... LFG mixed with a dating app. Jackie explains it better than I can. But first, um, we do have kind of a shorter interview today. Uh, I had a great time talking to Jackie. We just, we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking. We covered everything in a reasonably short amount of time. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit more of an extended rant this week. So without further ado, let's get to this week's rant from behind the screen. Now, this week, instead of talking about, like, social issues, of D&D, I'm actually going to talk about mechanics a little bit. I'm not very mechanically inclined when it comes to role-playing games. You guys have heard me talk about this before. I'm more of a role-player. I don't mind a session where you're just sitting around kind of talking in character, but there are mechanics to D&D that make the game function the way it does. Dice rolls are a vital part of the game, and honestly, everything kind of hinges on mechanics. So we do have to address those, and, you know, they, they're still very much a, a major part of every single game. Specifically, what I want to talk about today is combat. Because I feel like, in many ways, especially in 5th edition, combat is where D&D just turns into doing math problems. And it is my goal to kind of figure out a way to make it seem less like you're just doing word problems with combat. And, you know, I, I've thought about this a lot, and what I've discovered is that the, the most fun I've ever had with combat has actually been with DMs who insist that you describe what you are doing. All too often, D&D combat becomes, I'm going to attack. I roll, I say a number, and then the DM goes, okay, that number is equal to or higher than this number, so you hit, roll dice, you do that much damage, and it's, it's just throwing numbers back and forth at each other. And combat becomes a big slog when you do it that way. And it, it kind of breaks immersion for someone like me who's very into role-playing. You're just like, okay, now we're going to stop pretending that we're in a real world and we're just going to throw numbers at each other. But when I play games with DMs who actually describe what's going on when combat is going on, then, then that's when I'm really engaged. And a good example of this was the session that I just played earlier this week. So I, I've started up a new game, and I've started up is the wrong word. I've joined a new game in addition to the one that I DM with my my wife and our group of friends in this game i'm actually playing with uh 
former guest of the show Josh Unruh and uh, some of his friends over at Josh's house, and it's a lot of fun. It's a great group of guys. And our DM, Randy, is a first-time 5th edition DM. I, I, I don't remember if he's DM'd Pathfinder before, but this is kind 5th edition is kind of a new thing for him. But he's fantastic. He He's honestly a fantastic DM, and he does that with combat. When when he when he's doing combat with us, he has us not only like, okay, you you declare your action. That's you have to do that in D D. So you declare your action, and then he has us actually describe what we're doing. Like it's not just, okay, I'm attacking this guy, it's I'm gonna swing my sword at him. And then uh like you hit, he's like, Alright, what do you do? I slice him across the chest or something like that. And instead of just being, Alright, we're throwing we're throwing math at each other, it becomes an image. It's it's a picture in your mind. And that's that's really the essence of D&D. That's that's where the immersion comes from. You have to be able to picture the events in your mind. And that's something that uh, Jackie actually talks about a lot on this episode. Being able to have vivid imagery in your head that you always remember. I will never, never, ever, ever forget the climax of Moe's campaign. Even though at the time I was super salty about it, the image in my head of all of us characters armed to the teeth at the peak of our power, standing there in front of Tiamat, and then suddenly half the party betrays the other half. And then the ensuing battle where where Cromwell just like rips people apart and Piper's shooting everybody. And it, I will never ever forget that image. It's going to be 20 years from now still one of my most enduring memories of D&D. And another one is honestly going to be the first session that we did with Randy. And that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's what you come to the table for. That's what I come to the table for. Just those enduring memories. And so for players and for GMs, I just have a, a little bit of advice to give you. Uh, be specific. Be specific with the actions that you're taking. New players, I know it can be a little bit overwhelming. I understand D&D, the first time you play, it's like, wait, I can do anything? You get analysis paralysis. I'm like, I can do anything. What should I do? And you end up kind of like sleepwalking through D&D. You're just like, uh, okay, I, I guess I'm gonna, I, I guess I'm gonna draw my sword, I think? Can I I do that? Do I have to roll? No, you don't have to roll. Okay, so I'll draw my sword and then who should I attack? I understand. It's a lot, but be specific with what you're doing. Don't just say, I swing my sword at that guy or I attack that guy. That's that's terrible. I attack this guy. Say what you're doing. Say I'm, I'm taking my long sword and I'm swinging for, swinging for his head. I'm going to behead him. And roll your attack. All right, you you hit. How much damage do you do? Roll the the d10 because you you two-handed your long sword. Uh, that is ten. My strength modifier is plus three, so that's thirteen. Uh, it's a low-level like CR one half henchman. All right, you chop his head off. He's dead. Or you hit. How are you killing him? And then you say, Oh, I chop his head off. And uh, DMs with your uh, with your henchmen, your your monsters, your your characters, all all everything you're controlling. Have their actions be specific too, and have their tactics be specific as well. That's another thing that uh, that Randy did really well. I should probably just tell the story in its entirety. So I I will do that. So Josh and Randy, and then the other guys, Daniel and Kevin, they are they were playing 
playing a Waterdeep campaign. They were playing, uh, kind of sort of playing Dragon Heist, but they're not really going through the module. They're just kind of playing around in Waterdeep, and all the characters have their own stories going on. And it's a really cool game. It's it's something that I've always wanted from D&D, but haven't ever gotten the chance to do. And that's like a really, like, seedy crime game. It's like a mob movie but with D&D. And like Josh is playing a uh, a wizard who's a thief. He's like an illusion wizard and he acts he doesn't dress like a wizard. He just he dresses in like fancy noble's clothing and just kind of acts as like a gentleman thief almost. And then uh Daniel is playing this uh this bard who again she she's kind of got like a, a superiority complex. It's a lot of fun and then Kevin has this uh just like brute muscle-headed fighter. He described him as like Letho from Witcher 2, said he's just a giant potato, essentially. And so I come in with a half-elf Gloomstalker Ranger, who I'm playing as kind of an urban thief-taker bounty hunter type. And I'm eventually going to multi-class him into an inquisitive rogue, so he'll be even more of that kind of investigator-type character. But they are introducing me in this game. The uh, Randy is introducing me by having all the characters in this magic shop kind of trying to find this one item, and then suddenly these uh, these two criminals run in, kick the door open, and they're taking cover by the door with the crossbows pointed out. And then my character, who's chasing them down for their bounty, runs in, and he's fed up, and you know he's like, "All right, now you're you're coming in dead." And uh, then combat starts. And, and because I'm a Gloomstalker Ranger and I'm using the Unearthed Arcana Ranger, I've got, like, advantage on this attack, and uh, I'm dealing extra damage. And so my first roll, I roll, like, an 18, and... I roll super high damage, and I basically one-shot the first guy, and then, because I'm a ranger, and I've got that dread ambusher feature, I turn around and I get to make another attack, and I'm dual-wielding, so I actually get to make three attacks. And I all but kill the second guy as well. And it was really awesome the way he described it. He's just like, alright, you burst through the door, and what do you do? And I'm like, I attack this guy over here. And he's like, alright, you kill him, what do you do? And I'm like, I just immediately like slice him in the, in the throat, and then I turn to the other guy, and I'm attacking him and you know, just like cut across his chest and then cut him across the face and it's just it, it's extending role-playing into the combat that's that's what happened. We extended our role playing into that combat, and it made for a really fun combat. And then uh, Winslow, the the fighter, is he's trying to make an unarmed attack, and he rolls a one. So Randy's like, "All right, you go to make a punch, and you bump into like a stack of." commemorative glasses or something like that and they shatter and the shop owner's like oh i'm gonna kill you but then after after we take care of those two more show up and in the streets there's this uh this leader who is like a spellcaster, and he has two goons and as soon as he shows up the other two run and so my character still like in the throes of battle rage just runs out in the street high noon style to confront them but randy tricked me randy he showed me the three guys, but what he didn't tell me at the time was there's two more that were hiding, and I didn't see them. And so I run out, and then I am... The, the, the leader's in the middle, and so I run up to engage him because he's a spellcaster. I don't want him throwing magic at me. And I am surrounded on four sides by four guys with crossbows, all pointed at me. Fortunately, the first two miss, and I get to make my attack. But then, uh, then the, the caster in the middle 
cast whole person on me. And then it's open season on Kieran, my character. Fortunately, the guys came out and rescued me, and uh, the, the bard cast dissonant whispers on the caster that had cast whole person on me, and that broke his concentration. But it was, I mean, it was a bloodbath. And the way that all those guys were playing, I mean, like Daniel with his character, he's just like, all right, she she pulls her, her violin off of her back and she just makes the screeching noise with it. And everyone around just hears a screeching noise, but she's casting dissonant whispers on the spellcaster. And in his mind, he hears the shrieking of demons. And it's just like, oh, I'm in the big leagues now. These guys, these guys are having fun with it. And it's that kind of play that makes combat not so much of a slog. It's that kind of play that I want to encourage with my my group who's new to the game. I want to see them kind of incorporate that a little bit more. I mean, my session is tonight as I'm recording this, my, my next session with them, and so I'm just, I'm going to tell them when we get to combat, all right, don't just tell me you're attacking or casting a certain spell. Tell me what you're doing. And I think, and I hope, that will give them a little bit more immersion. Now, it might make combat lasts a little bit longer and a lot of people want to shorten combat that's why they go attack here roll does this hit yes okay but the reason people want to make combat shorter is because it's a slog and it's a whole lot of numbers and it's kind of boring if if we describe what we're doing instead of just saying i attack i roll does that hit then it's not a slog anymore. It's fun. It's part of the story. And it's okay if a combat lasts for half of the session because everyone's having fun. Now, if you're not having fun, if if you don't like all the heavy role-playing and you don't like having to describe what you're doing every time, that's okay. Not everyone comes to the table for the same reason. But I will encourage everyone to try it once. If you've never run the game that way, if you've never been like, okay, everyone, instead of saying you attack, tell me what you're trying to do. Tell me what you're trying to do with your sword or your crossbow or what you're you're doing as you're casting the spell. Then try it once, just once, and see the reaction of your players. See the reaction of your, your GM if you are a player. Instead of saying I attack, say I swing my sword at his face or I... I I'm trying to break his guard with my axe and get inside and actually take some, actually deal some damage. You know, try, try that. Try something like that. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to talk about detailed sword techniques. If you can, that's awesome. And I encourage you to try it. If you, if you know sword fighting and you can be like, yeah, going for a backhand cut or whatever. I don't know sword fighting techniques by name, so... I'm doing a very poor job of describing it, but actually describe what you're doing. Don't just say I attack and see how your GM, see how the other players react. And if everyone seems to enjoy it more, then you've found a way to make combat less boring and I must congratulate you for it. Me personally, I've never really found combat boring even when it just devolves into I attack, let's roll, because I can see it in my head. I can see what's happening in my head. Not everyone else can do that without help. So give your players some help. Tell them what you're doing. And don't be long-winded. Just tell them what you're doing. And then roll your dice. And instead of saying, as, as a GM, instead of saying it hits or it misses, describe how it hits or how it misses. And this is where you can kind of bring in some of the, the the different ideas of what hit points are. Some people treat hit points not like their health, but like their luck points. 
Like, if you swing a sword and someone just narrowly dodges out of the way before you're going to cut their head off, that would be expending hit points. Like, if they move at just the last minute, that would be, like, a heavy hit. And it's only the last handful of hit points that you actually are hitting them and causing injury. Some people like to think of hit points that way. Some people are just like, all right, yeah, you you cut across his armor, and there's a hole there now. And, um, yeah, you hit him in the side, and he's... He's kind of staggered, but he's still stands. Some people think of hit points as actually, like, injuries. Some people think of them as luck points. That's up to you, from a role-playing standpoint, to come up with. And honestly, I don't have a preference either way. Most of the time when I play, I treat them as, like, injuries. Because you can sustain a certain amount of injury before, you know, you have to, like, drop your sword. And... Part of the problem with thinking of hit points as injuries is there's no penalty when you get down to, like, two hit points. If you have two hit points, you can do the exact same things that you could do at full hit points in 5th edition. Now, in other, in other games, I know it's different. In other games, when you sustain multiple wounds, you have penalties to attack and your movement speed is slowed and stuff like that. I believe Deadlands actually does that. If you take a certain number of wounds, then you have a penalty to your attack. Attack. It's been a long time since I played Deadlands, though. I'd, I'd actually like to get back to it. But yeah, if you actually describe your attacks, actually describe, you know, what's happening when you swing your sword, when you hit, when you miss, combat is going to be a lot cooler than just throwing numbers at each other. You know, you can mitigate the throwing numbers around as well if you follow uh, Matt Colville's rules for speeding up combat. He has a great video on that. I'm not going to do it justice here. But if you watch his video and you see some of the stuff that he suggests, like, assume if you roll, like, an 18, that probably hits. Or assume if you roll a 5, that probably misses. Now, it all depends on your bonuses, but at, like, 3rd or 4th level, where, where I am in Randy's campaign and where my players are in my campaign, if you roll like an 18, you're probably going to hit. If you roll like a 5, you're probably going to miss. And if you roll like a 14 in my game, you're probably going to hit. Same in his game. And if you roll a, a n probably up to a 7, that's probably a miss. Now, in between there, like your 8 to 14 or so, 8 to, 8 to 13, 8 to 14, that's where you go, did I hit? And that's where you have to add in your bonuses and be like, uh... Did I? Did I hit? And that's when the DM is, yes, you hit or no, you miss. But once you figure out a creature's AC, once you, you know, once you kind of figure out where that number is, you know what hits and what misses. So when you roll and you see it, don't ask the DM. Just say, I hit. Now, some, some of you, some of your DMs might be like, all right, would, would you roll? I trust my players. None of my players have ever tried to cheat me. So if they say that they hit, I'd be like, all right, you hit. At the end of the day, even if they do lie, it's just a game. And the other players will call them on it if they start lying. So it's all right. But yeah, if, you, if you're pretty sure that you hit, just say, all right, I hit and I do this. And then your DM will be like, all right, and this happens. So yeah, th those are my tips for making combat less of a slog, less of a... Uh, throwing word problems at each other and making it actually a fun roleplay heavy part of the game. So that is going to do it for today's rant from behind the screen. I've wasted enough time. Let's get on to today's interview with Jackie Zanto of Crawler. I hope you guys enjoy it.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are with Jackie Zanto, the founder of Crawler, which she has touted as the Tinder of finding RPG groups. Jackie, welcome to Rolling Bones. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. And sorry about the pause there. Every time I go to say that sentence, it always (laughs) comes out the tumbler of finding RPG groups. And that's not exactly accurate. Not quite. <laughs> so, Jackie, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Just got off a long day of doing absolutely nothing because my position was just recently created at my job and they don't have all the infrastructure in place. Nice. Well, enjoy that while you can. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, man, I miss that day. I miss those days. <laughs> All right, so Jackie, what we're going to do here is I'm going to ask you these questions that I ask everyone on the show. So first and foremost, how did you get into RPGs? Oh, goodness. So I guess my earliest memories, I just I was into it as a kid, I guess is kind of an easy way to say that. Um, I remember my brother was into it, uh, my brother Mark, and I, goodness, like maybe kindergarten, I feel like I remember playing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign with my mom and my brother. <laughs> And it's weird how, like, when I think back to those memories as a kid, it was so vivid in my head. And I, like, I, I don't know, I could, like, see this tomb that we were in. And I remember asking my mom later, you know, hey, like, what was that game? Like, what were, you know, like, what did the piece, like, how did I get that vision? And she was like, you know, it's just pen and paper. Um, and I don't know, it just it stuck with me. And I fell away from it for a really long time, not for any particular reason. You know, it just wasn't quite, you know, the thing that people were doing around me. Mm-hmm. And then um, it was last year for Valentine's Day. Um, my fiance and I have been together almost six years and we're super into games together. And we'd been wanting to get into table top RPGs. We didn't really know where to start. So I just bought everything and was like, well, we'll figure it out. Um, And kind of just went from there, found a group of people. And uh, I mean, since then, we've been consistently playing. So it was just kind of nice to pick it back up and get back into it. Uh, what edition was that, that D&D that you were playing? Um, now we're playing 5th edition. When I was a kid, I have no idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did end up finding out. It's weird talking about Crawler with my mom. Um, she, you know, <laughs> things that never come up with your parents. She was like, yeah, I used to be a dungeon master back in the day. Like, I wrote campaigns all the time. And it was just somehow in, like, my 25 years of living, we'd never had that conversation before. <laughs> See, I have no no idea what edition, I, you know. But now we play. Now we play fifth. So gotcha. All right. Um, do you remember what your first character was? What what their name was? That kind of thing. Oh goodness. Um, probably to do with magic. I know. I know. Last year, I started out with a sorcerer. Um, I've always been just drawn towards magic types. Um, I've, I've played a lot of like dungeon crawlers on like. PC, one of the earliest games that I got really into um, was Diablo 2. And I would always play the sorceress there. So I kind of went into D&D in my head wanting to recreate the sorceress that I used to have before I lost her on the server. Rest in peace. Um, so yeah, it, magic characters, that's just that just tends to be my, my style. All right. I've not broken out this voice on this podcast yet, but since you brought it up, I, I will go ahead and do this. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> Oh man, oh that takes me I still like I have a friend that I met on Twitter of all places and we still every now and then play Diablo 2 online because it's still being supported by like AT&T's like oldest servers that are covered in dust. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> but oh man, that takes me back. They need to remaster it. I would pay anything. I know people are tired of remasters, but everything. <laughs> All right, so Jackie, uh, how would you describe your play style as a player? And then uh, I don't know if you've mentioned if you've GM'd before, but how, how would you GM? 
if that's also something that you do. Yeah. So as a player, um, I I tend to be more interested in the role playing aspects and kind of the the world and the atmosphere. Not so much the dice rolling. You know, I enjoy dice rolling. I enjoy combat, but I really you know if there's a way to get around something without having to hack and slash your way through it, then I I really like that challenge. Um, and I think especially now, I just feel that it just kind of helps set you know things like Dungeons and Dragons and all that apart from other games because it, it lets you go into those spaces that you can't typically get in any other regular setting. Um, and as a dungeon master, because um, I've been doing that for a while now with my group, we trade on and off uh, between my fi- my fiance and I. Sometimes he'll do it, sometimes I'll do it. Um, I, 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 I have like DM for a group of like bloodthirsty barbarians for the most part. <laughs> so I'm like, Hey guys, here's the storyline. Here's the plot. And they're like, cool. We're just going to like slash him. And so I'm always like, all right, you find a note on his body that says blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Cause I definitely like story. I definitely like that immersive role playing. I'm not saying that they don't, but it's, you know, it's a, a different style. It's kind of funny how we, um, how we've come together though. I, I found myself in kind of the opposite situation of that bef- um, with with my current campaign. Really? Yeah. They, so I, I also love the story and the role-playing aspect, and I like having a, a deep, complicated plot, but I also like my fantasy a little on the dark side. <laughs> I built this world where they are on the brink of a essentially a world war D&D style. Very cool. But instead of going around just murdering whoever they please, they are like trying to befriend everything and they're like super hippies. They're like they're like the polar <laughs> opposite of murder hobos and it goes against every single D&D instinct I've ever had. And I'm just like, "What what do I do?" What do-? <laughs> you have the inverse of my group. It's funny cuz they call themselves murder hobos. So this mm. is like <laughs> Oh man. That that is that is funny because I set everything up. I'm like, here's here's the Pope, the leader of the church, and they're like, cool. I slash into him, and I'm like, oh, fine. A demon comes out. I don't know. Um. <laughs> My players, they're they're brand new. This is the first time that two of them have ever played, and then it's only like the fifth or sixth time that uh, the other two have played. Oh, that's cool. And their instincts are like the opposite of everyone's beginner instincts. Usually in D anD D, the first time you sit down, it's just like, all right, I'm gonna kill yep. everything, and they're like, I'm going, I'm going to try to befriend or seduce everything. <laughs> True good. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So if you can pick between all of the games that you've run and played in, uh, Jackie, what would you call the most fun game that you've ever played or run? Oh, goodness. Um, We did some really cool stuff last year that kind of like morphed into it's it's the campaign I'm still running, but it's basically like a completely separate campaign. I kind of just God modded it and was like, yeah, we're just keep your characters, but we're changing course here. But (laughs) Last year, um, I had like this really, I don't know, this vision in my head of I love horror movies and it was around Halloween. And so I had this idea that I was going to take all these different horror movies and like make it into this like campaign. So we started out like they were in the woods from like the um, the Blair Witch Project. Um, we had that was where the priest came from. It was having to do with um, the exorcist. Like I just took a bunch of like classic horror movies and kind of just tried to put like bits and pieces in there. And uh, yeah, I mean, they had a cool time with it. Uh, it was it was a big departure from other things that we've done um it ended up being something really complex that i couldn't quite see to completion so that's where i was like halfway through i was just like all right switching gears here but i i really wish i could go back and just kind of revisit that concept because it was it was really cool it was it was really different a, a different take on it and i think they had a good time with it 
Yeah, that's something that I love doing as a DM is just like taking a movie or a bunch of different movies and then carving them up and turning them into mm -hmm. campaigns or sessions. I play a ton of JRPGs and I'm very guilty of being like, oh, I remember this one plot point from this one game that I used to play and then like <laughs> weaving it in because, you know, it just kind of helps <laughs> mm -hmm. go from there. So, Well, I once ran a session that was based entirely around the plot of the warriors very cool and then and they're listening to this now so uh my current group close your ears for a second <laughs> at some point they're gonna run into a lesson from witcher 3 oh oh um, oh don't even start i love that game uh, that is the best game i've ever played oh my um hours hours of my life I, and you know i started it and i was like i don't like it it's too complex and like Ten hours later, I was like, you're never taking me away from this. I got every question mark. Every single one. Trying for that right now. It was a lot of water, a lot of harpies, but it was worth it. <laughs> mm -hmm. To kind of torpedo the fun ship that we're on right now, um, in that same time frame that you've been playing this game, can you think of the least fun game you've ever played in or run? It's hard for me to pinpoint something, and honestly, I play with like such a small group that I wouldn't want to like call anybody out. Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes, I, I guess I could just say like what kills fun for me is if it's too if it's too controlled you know like i understand like having like a trajectory that you want to take players on you know having something in mind but if it's too like you know oh i look around the room and i try to do this and it's like nope nothing happens nope nothing happens nope nothing happens until you finally get to the one thing that they were like oh yeah there it is like that for me i get a little like i don't know it kind of turns into like a boring like point and click type adventure almost um, so that for me is kind of where I'll, I'll tend to get a little bored if it's just like, I can't change anything. I just kind of have to poke around until I find the narrative script and then, then it continues. That's where I'm a little bit like, eh, so. So if you could turn any fictional universe that, that doesn't already have an RPG into a tabletop RPG or update an old RPG with a modern rule set, what would it be? Oh man, that's a really great question. So I feel like, and, and I'm terrible, like I, I'm terrible at like knowing definitions. So if I say something, you're like, Jackie, that's already an RPG or that doesn't count. I, I apologize. I feel like it'd be really cool. I love uh, the Red Dead Redemption series. Um, I feel like that could make for some really cool elements in it as a tabletop game. Oh goodness. You know, I've been playing a ton of Octopath Traveler on the Nintendo Switch lately. I mean, that's a JRPG. I could definitely see how that could be neat for tabletop as well. I feel like I didn't answer that one well, but... <laughs> no, you you did. That's a really good call on uh, Red Dead, especially. That was another game I didn't think I was going to like all that much, and then, you know, <laughs> hours later. We had uh, Shane Hensley on the podcast a couple episodes ago, and he's the, he's the creator of Deadlands. Oh, cool. Which is still going strong, um, but his game... It, it's a Western game, but it's Weird West. So there's steampunk technology and monsters and zombies all over the place. And I, I really love Deadlands, but there has not been a like straight up semi-realistic Western game in a long time. And I feel like that's what a, a Red Dead TTRPG would be good at. Yeah, that'd be really, yeah, just to kind of break the mold. Because, you know, fantasy settings are great, but yeah, I think that could just, just to, as you mentioned, just to kind of break from the norm. And last of these introductory questions, and Jackie, the answer to this question can be as philosophical or as sophomoric as you want it to be. Okay. If you could put anything on a t-shirt, what would it be? Oh man. So I was an English major and I'm thinking through my head of like, it would honestly probably just be the script of some book that I really love. And now I'm like, man, I loved a lot of books because I was, <laughs> I was a hardcore English major nerd. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh goodness. I'm like blinking about like everything I like. 
Gosh, no, I'll probably just be, you know, for some reason, Macbeth is like screaming out to me and that sounds really like nerdy. So we'll go with that one. <laughs> the entire gotcha. script all over, like tiny, tiny print inspired by an Etsy shop I really like that does pretty much that similar thing, but on like scarves and hats and things like that. So you would put the Scottish play on a t-shirt, gotcha. I mean, it would be the world's <laughs> most absolute worst luck ever, but yes. Mm-hmm. It's all right. I'm not an actor anymore, so it's not as bad luck. <laughs> you know, we read it in high school. Uh, I did it in college a couple times, but when we read it in high school, our teacher like picked the one kid in the class who needed like, you know, experience public speaking and, and oh my like it was good for him but it was bad for us my goodness mm-hmm. Macbeth goes a long way when your Macbeth is not the best yeah <laughs> one of my favorite moments of that we we also did the read Shakespeare aloud as if you were acting thing in my high school one of my favorite moments one of my friends was cast as it was either lord capulet or lord montague in romeo and juliet and the line is bring me my longsword ho and he goes bring me my longsword ho (laughs) the same exact i think we went to the same high school because the same exact (laughs) thing happened with us and our teacher was like no 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 (laughs) yep you didn't go to school in Huntersville, North Carolina, did you? <laughs> no, but I did go to school in uh, in Effingham County out in Georgia, so. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, so getting into the questions that deal specifically with you, um, Jackie, what's your background with creating apps and social media and stuff like that? Yeah, so when it comes to app creation, honestly, super, super minimal. So I, as I mentioned earlier, I have my undergraduate degree in English literature. Um, I got a minor in professional communications. Um, and with that, I went into a career in public relations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so specifically, it was in higher education, working for a university. Um, and about a year into that, I just decided PR wasn't for me. It just it just wasn't quite my style. It was a little too straight laced. Um, so from there, I transitioned over into um, creative advertising. I currently work for an advertising agency by day. Um, and at that point, that was when I started pursuing pursuing a master's degree in um, creative business design, which is kind of another fancy way of a sim- similar to an MBA, but really focused on entrepreneur, like entrepreneurial outgo, you know, coming up with a business model and, and all of that. Um, and so really in the last six, you know, five months or so, um, teaching myself um, app building as far as it's related to like web browsers. Um, it's pretty different. I, I, that's where I've seen a lot of confusion from people. And I, I mean, it's, it's on me. Um, but it's, it's crawler currently is what's known as a progressive web app, a web app. Wow. If I could speak. Um, and basically it's built online. It's not something you can download from the app store just yet. Um, but really just self-taught. I was like, I basically pitched to my um, board for my thesis project, hey, I'm going to do this and I can, you know, I, I Googled these things and it looks pretty doable. You know, I'll get 40 users and we'll make it, you know, I'll make it work somehow. And they were like, cool. And so YouTube became like my best friend. But yeah, my, my whole background's marketing, communications, that stuff. Uh, the tech side of it's been definitely at night trying to learn things, learning how to code, et cetera. So. Again, just playing off of the, uh, the concept that this came from, what was your previous experience like trying to get RPG groups together? Uh, it was, I happened to luck into one um, because of my fiance, the guys that he was hanging out with, they were, I don't know how it came up, but it was just kind of like, they all kind of came to a consensus, like, hey, let's just start a campaign together. And so that, you know, and so it was kind of one of those things where I didn't know any, really any of them when we sat down. And I mean, thankfully, you know, I've come to really know them over these last uh, year and a half or so playing, but I just knew a lot of people 
who had told me, you know, when I mentioned it, you know, kind of brought it up. They're like, man, I would love to play. I just have absolutely no idea who I would even play this with. You know, my roommate's not into it and my friends aren't into it, but surely there's got to be other people like me. And so it was kind of like my own personal, like I said, I, I happened to luck into something. I managed to find a group, but just hearing from a lot of people when I was talking about my experiences, you know, they saw my Instagram posts or my stories and they were like, yeah, it looks really cool. I would love to play a campaign. I just don't want to know how, where to even begin, you know, and I think step one is, well, you got to find some people, you know, so hmm. that was kind of where it, where it came from. And so have you ever heard any stories or anything like that about people who find their RPG groups through other social media sites like uh, namely Reddit is the one that's that's coming to mind right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's tons of and that was a big part of my dissertation that I talked about is I mean, people have found ways, you know, they've used mm -hmm. what already exists to find things, especially I mean, on Reddit, you have, you know, hash or slash LPG looking for group really big. I mean, you go to D&D Beyond, there's thousands of threads dedicated to people trying to find one another. Uh, Twitter, same thing. People are using hashtags trying to search through, find people. Facebook groups also taken off a, a bit more. People start to, you know, do groups that way. I mean, I think all of that's fantastic. I, I mean, I have nothing against that whatsoever. Um, what I'm looking at is trying to make it a little bit more of a tailored experience um, versus, you know, trying to have something that's made with specifically finding a group, you know, for this in mind versus having to retroactively try to use social media that already exists to perform a new function that it at its core isn't meant to serve, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I actually... I got into D&D &D and didn't know anyone who played at the time, and the first group that I joined, actually, I, I found on Reddit. Nice. But from what I understand, I also got super lucky, and that I found a whole bunch of people who became, like, my best friends, and two of them were in my wedding party just a, a couple months ago, and the rest of them were there. It was great, but I've also heard some nasty stories about stuff that happens I bet. using LFG. Or, or, at, or at the very least like underwhelming type mm. stuff you know where you're kind of like uh yeah so what is the kind of the funniest story you've heard from someone about having to find a group oh okay so i have a friend um who we went to high school together and she recently uh moved up to um to pittsburgh and she was using uh meetup which you can it has it's basically really similar to crawler but it has like all hobbies in mind mm -hmm. um and the problem with that the pitfall of a one size fits all is ultimately one size fits none um and so she was looking around in a group and it was it was in pittsburgh and it was um they kind of gaming on meetup is like kind of like positioned strangely uh first off they kind of put it as like under science fiction which is just strange like for all gaming anyways mm -hmm. she so she was talking to a group of people in her head she was like cool we're gonna meet up to do like tabletop gaming like rpgs like things like that and they showed up and they played Yahtzee and she was <laughs> this is not what I thought this is not the dice rolling I thought we were talking about um so yeah I actually I cited that in my paper because <laughs> I was like this is where you, you gotta be on the same page <laughs> here's my sheet we're just playing Yahtzee what's a ranger I know <laughs> oh man in my head like i know she didn't but in my head she like showed up like dressed as her character and that 100 <laughs> did not happen but in my head it, it totally happened oh god 
That is hilarious. <laughs> and uh, have you heard any any stories that kind of have more of a, a, a nasty uh, bend to them that you might be willing to, to share? Um, I mean, honestly, being a, a girl online, I know this sounds weird, like there's always a risk involved um, mm. with, you know, meeting people online or talking to people online. I mean, it goes for, for anybody, but I've just especially noticed among, you know, girls who try to get into this, it can be a little bit more intimidating just because, I mean, I just had a couple, this guy had to kick off a crawler for it. You know, they just like, well, be like, oh, cool, nice to meet you. Like, here's a picture you definitely did not want to see of me. Surely you <laughs> must be interested. So, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be that type of stuff out there. Uh, it's really disappointing, but yeah. <laughs> Don't don't know how else to dress that up, but I've definitely heard of, of some cases where, um, thankfully, it's, it hasn't happened to any of my friends, or they haven't, like, gotten to the point where they've, like, actually met with somebody, but where it kind of led in with this hook of, like, hey, like, I'm interested in, like, playing this game with you, and then suddenly they're thinking it's, like, a date or something really bizarre. So, yeah, so I've seen that happen a couple of times or at least heard about it, you know, on, on the internet. So Yeah, that's that's one thing I really like about Crawler, and I'm actually, I'm on Crawler. I, I saw your Reddit post and signed up for it, and that's actually why I ended up getting in touch with you and, and wanted to have this interview, because I, I've used Crawler. Oh, perfect. And I, so I really enjoy it. Preface everywhere. <laughs> that, yes. It was meant for 40 users. We're now over 15,000, so. <laughs> and the thing, I, the thing I really like about Crawler that I feel like really sets it apart from LFG is the fact that there are more details about this is what game I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. This is what kind of player I am. You can put in, you know, I prefer like I, on my profile, it says I prefer to play martial classes and that sort of stuff. Got it. And you put in like how much role playing you want. I really like the, the ability to basically almost show people like a dating profile, but for, for D and D, this is where <laughs> I would fit into your group. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of it. I did. So it, the questions, cause the form over time has kind of changed. Cause at first it was like very like character profile heavy and it's, kind of shifted away from like the the intricate details of that to be something that's a little bit easier for people to fill out and kind of hits on the highlights um but yeah it was i spent a lot of time asking people you know before it went live for people to try out kind of like what matters to you like when you sit down with a group of people what kind of works for you and what doesn't work for you and, and a big one that i found is like you know your level of role playing because you know a lot of the guys that i play with like we're cool with they're cool just sitting there just kind of you know rolling dice speaking normally, etc. But I know a lot of people who are in similar groups and are like, you know, I really wish that I could feel comfortable using like an accent or, you know, being in character the entire time. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you kind of got to figure that out. Otherwise, you're going to show up with like mixed, you know, expectations, so to speak. So I've been trying to think of think of ways and of, that people can kind of put that out there and select different things or put in a, a field or, or something like that so that they can kind of make that a little bit easier for people to understand, you know, not just are you in my area, but we actually would be a good fit. So as you mentioned, it's really borrowing off of the dating app model, um, but getting rid of the romance and all that. So. so you mentioned that the app was built for 40 people and now there's 15,000 people <laughs> using it. What was it that blew this app up so much? Uh, Reddit. <laughs> so... Um, so I was past my deadline in school for when I said I would have 40 beta testers because that, you know, before I got into development, I had to do all this paperwork of like, here's my plan and I'm going to do this by this date, and my milestones and et cetera, et cetera. And I had to pick a number of like, I'm going to have X number of people use this because other people in the, in my class were doing a lot of like live performances. And so they had to be like, oh, I'm going to try to get 50 people to come see my show, you know? So I had to have like a hard number with it. So I was like, I'll get 40 people to try 
try it out. And I was a couple days past my deadline and I had 18 people on it, 18 of which, or one of which was myself and the other 17 were all people that I knew. And I was like, well, crap, I'm going to fail. Um, I really, really wanted, I know this can do well. I know people are interested in it, but it's going to be really hard to make an investment case if I have 17 of my friends who tried it out. Um, and so my fiance was like, you need to share it on Reddit. He's like, the, the people are going to like it. They've been asking for something like this. And I was really shy. Um, and I was like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't really think it's going to do that well, but it was like my hail Mary to the universe. I was like, please let me get 40 so that I can like pass my class. <laughs> so I shared it. And then I remember when we hit 50 users, I opened a bottle of wine and I was like, I did it. I hit 50. And then my phone just started vibrating like crazy. And I'm just getting like sign up after sign up after sign up. And it just went, it just kept going. And it didn't stop for like three days. Um, mm -hmm. And it was all because of Reddit. It really was like, I didn't do any other, like I, a couple other social posts here and there, but it really was when I posted that on Reddit, it just, the floodgates opened and that was where everything came from. So thank you, Reddit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I was one of the people, I actually heard about it from one of the people in my old D&D &D group. They posted it in our D&D &D group chat. Oh. And I then went to the link and I was like, oh, this is cool and signed up for it. So well, I contributed to your phone exploding. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was my first post on Reddit. <laughs> and now you can probably hear one of my cats meowing. I thought it was one of mine. I have two, <laughs> one of which is very vocal. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, my dog's asleep. I figured he'd be up and barking, but he's taking a nap. My wife and I's roommate just went outside and it's, it's her cat. And anytime someone is outside and she's not, it's just nonstop meowing. So, I love her. So all of you people at home, that is Sophie that you're hearing. Oh, hi, Sophie. Sophie, the people say hi. All right. So you mentioned uh, the, the app is a work in progress at this point. What improvements do you see uh, going forward that, that you'd like to make immediately? Yeah. So the biggest one, because uh, I've been working in an offline version of the site, um, you know, making changes there, because obviously being live, I'm, I'm trying to limit how much I have to like put the site down for big changes. Mm -hmm. um, so the biggest one is readability, um, because I'll be real, when I was designing the site, I was like, I like the color yellow and yellow and white, not a great combo. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just when you get into, I mean, just it, it just it can cause a lot of problems. So that's one big thing that I have worked on in my offline site fix that issue still got some yellow branding here and there but no you know making it easier on the eyes um second is improving the search and like search indexing specifically when it comes down to location um a lot of people have requested like having like a map where you can kind of like see like a radius around you and see who's there that is something that is pretty advanced to try to like code on my end and so I'm trying to improve what I can. And we won't get to that point in the online version, at least not yet. Um, but trying to improve how, how the search function works right now. Because right now there's like this like ugly like catch-all field of like states and countries and regions and dogs and cats and all that stuff. <laughs> um, so I've been working offline. I was using a Google Sheet to kind of go through and try to refine that, um, writing my own code to help out with that search function. So those are kind of top of my list, um, as well as implementing some additional safety features, um, ways for people to easily report users. Um, going to be writing, uh, I did a lot of research, I'm going to have a splash page on just safety features in general, just kind of some tips, you know, like maybe the first time you meet with somebody, don't go straight to their house. Because that's something that, you know, again, when it when the smite when the site was small, and I knew everybody on the website, you know, I didn't need that stuff. And then when it takes off, I remember vividly, I was laying in bed one night, and I was like, Oh, my God, like, what if someone gets killed because of this or gets hurt? Like, it just like it, it freaked me out. So it's like, okay, we got to change some things got to do some things right now. Um, and so that's something that's definitely on my mind. Um, so yes, yeah, so those are 
those are the big things. My my idea with the with the site where it's at right now is I kind of want to get it to a better version than what it is, but not perfect, because I want to spend my time focusing in on actual real app development um, and kind of kind of going there. Because the website, I mean, this was always meant to be really like a market test to kind of put it out there and be like, hey, do people care about this? Does it provide value? Is this something that people would invest in? Is this something investors which should be interested in? Um, and we've ticked the, you know, ticked the boxes on all of that, you know, so that for me is it's kind of like trying to get out of the trees and kind of look at the forest um, ahead. So a mixture of doing some updates, like I said, around just kind of general usability on the site, but then really devoting a lot of my time and a lot of conversations I've been having in this last couple of weeks are around funding and um, development and you know the assets and the resources to do that. It's funny you mentioned the the safety thing. The first time I ever went to play D and D, I went to a stranger's house. Oh goodness! And they were they were perfectly nice, uh, great great guys. Had a great time. But I sat down at the table. His dog ran up, and I started petting him, and his dog bit me. Oh, no! It wasn't a very bad bite, but his dog bit me. (laughs) Did you guys still play, or was it kind of like... Oh, we still played. Okay, I wasn't sure how bad it was. You're like, yeah, I'm like missing my left hand now. It's a great story. Um, (laughs) No, he just, he bit me on the hand. He broke the skin a little bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. We got it cleaned up and (laughs) started playing D&D. We had a similar, well... Not super similar. When we first met up with, because um, we first kind of got more into like tabletop gaming, not so much like tabletop RPGs, but more just, you know, like uh, Dead of Winter, Mysterium, you know, like tabletop games. And we, I remember we were standing on the on their doorstep uh, and we're, you know, we just knocked and then we both kind of looked at each other and we were like, I remember Garrett was like, what if they're crazy? <laughs> they're going to kill us. And we were like, well, too late now. Um, but what's funny is instead of a dog, they have this cat named Link who's just like, he, I love cats, but he just, I don't know, he'll come out of nowhere with the smack and give <laughs> on two with the paws and mm-hmm. similar, similar type of thing. I just remember sitting like in fear at the table, like I can't move my legs. I can't move my legs. <laughs> but I mean, he's a good cat. He's just. <laughs> now, as far as uh, kind of the RPG community as a whole is concerned, you mentioned that the one issue that you had to kick someone off the app for. But in general, have people been pretty good about using the app and like behaving themselves on it? So far, from what I've seen, um, and I've been, you know, keeping tabs on my inbox, seeing if things are rolling through. I mean, I've it was really just that one incident and I went through and I, it was immediately apparent. I mean, he wasn't doing it to just one person. It was it was clearly a troll you know like Mm -hmm. someone who just wanted to get a rise out of people but thankfully i mean so far from what i've seen it's been pretty pretty tame uh i haven't you know i need to you know go in and check my messages and see if someone said something recently but so far so far so good i mean it seems like it's been the community just in general has just been really really great uh, which i was really nervous about going into this you know obviously i don't have you know years and years and years of tabletop role-playing experience you know as i've talked about here um but I mean, people just in general were have just been really kind, understanding. How can I help out? What can I do? Here's an idea I had. Um, in general, I mean, super, super isolated cases of anybody, you know, either breaking the rules or being rude. Or I mean, it's been yeah, it's been really nice. Uh, and I mean, I work in social media marketing as my day job, and I know that that is not always the case. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. been really nice to uh, to see people giving truly constructive criticism and really good feedback. How do you think this 
app will positively impact the the gaming RPG community? So in my mind, I, I'm a really big advocate for breaking down barriers so that people can get into things. You know, I despise gatekeeping. That's just not my style. Like, I think that that's just outdated. Like, I, you know, not mm. something I'm cool with. So I, you know, where I, what I would like to see Crawler be is helping people play more games, get into it. Um, I know that's the tagline from that geek and sundry show tabletop they're like play more games but like seriously like play more games like and it's something where you know i've accepted you know because i've had a lot of people are just like oh someone might steal your idea might do this might do that and you know part of at first i was like oh no like they might but you know i'm still gonna keep going crawler i'm still gonna do it but at the end of the day it's kind of you know if i inspire somebody or they see it and they want to like if it gets the job done and people come together like that's really what i care about so that's Mm kind of my my pov on what i hope crawler does and i have all these like other ideas in my head like if it got big like oh some things we could do to help out with it but at the end of the day like that's like my core value and like mission is to inspire and encourage people to pursue hobbies to go after it you know to stop waiting around and being like oh i i can't play it to kind of give them you know if they can create a profile and they can see in their area there's other people who are new like them or or are willing to play with them and it gets them into it like you know that's that's what i love that that's that's my uh my end goal yeah the the way we're able to use technology now to just further our ability to play these games now i i've only been playing tabletops as a whole since like 2009 2010 and specifically D&D since like 2014 mm-hmm. so i've not known a gaming world pre-internet but just imagining like going back to the the 80s and the 90s and having to walk into a game store if you were lucky enough to have one in your area mm-hmm. and find a cork board and hopefully there's someone with a you, need a player need a dm that kind of thing up there yep the fact that we're able to move all of that online and find people in the the places that we live who are interested in the same things that we are and now that we're able to be as specific as we can be with crawler it it kind of blows my mind yeah it's wild and yeah it's it's just cool that things like this like not only has technology made it so it's more accessible to meet people but in general um we've really, I mean, the stigma surrounding things like this has really shifted. I mean, you know, because it used to be, gosh, I remember when I was in middle school, you know, it was like, oh, like, D&D's lame, that's for nerds, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you watch, like, Stranger Things on Netflix now, it's not like those kids are exactly the coolest kids in school playing D&D. And it's just kind of neat to see how with YouTube and people, you know, sharing things, you got people streaming on Twitch and Roll20. I mean, it's really just kind of shifted it where it's like, yeah, it's nerdy, so what? You like it, you know? And it's just cool that it's become more of, like, cool, like you're into that, you know? Um, And so I think that's also kind of helped drive this, I guess, renaissance almost (laughs) of it coming back and and being accessible to people. Yeah, like never before, we are definitely in a golden age of RPGs Mm -hmm. and not just like the late 90s where it's splat book after splat book, but we have just a plethora of great content on our hands and we've got really talented people bringing us great content online like there there's a debate to be had whether or not everything that matt mercer has done for D has been positive but i think that he's done so much just to make this thing popular and to bring so many people to the game i agree that i i can only give him praise for what he's done yeah i completely agree um i mean that was something i i cited in one of my papers their recent um Critical Role's uh, Kickstarter campaign that they just did, like it was like the number one most funded. And I'm probably going to cite this wrong, but I think it was in like 
the television sector and just like completely blowing it out of the water. I mean, it's just nuts how much like it's just blown up. I mean, I had I'm my nephew saw an episode of Critical Role and he's 12 years old, I believe, and he saw it. And then next thing I know, I get a text from my sister and she was like, hey, George really wants to get into this thing called Dungeons and Dragons. Like, how, how do I help him? And I was like, cool, let me just send you a starter set. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, I definitely get there's lots of divisive feelings about one way or another. But I mean, in general, it's just brought so much awareness to it. And uh, just kind of done a lot for making it people talk about it, and they know about it. So well, uh, Jackie, is there anything else that you would like to tell people about crawler? Any any big things coming up soon? that you would like to announce or anything like that? Um, so I'm kind of playing my cards a little close to my chest just to be just to be safe. Um, but biggest one, I know that I've been a little quiet lately on the social channels. That's just been, I've been crazy busy at my, my day job, um, but also doing a lot of work on this, just trying to plan my next steps, get it right. I know there's a huge outcry from people. They like want to give me their money like for crowdfunding, and that is like absolutely fantastic. Um, there's kind of something I'm working on like as a prelude to that, um, I'm definitely not blind to the fact people want to do want to go straight into crowdfunding. Um, however, I, w- I just want to make sure when we make that step that it's like the right step at the right time, asking for the right amount, showing people exactly what they can expect. Um, and so I've got kind of a, a mini step before that that I've really been working on um, and kind of doing some private fundraising in that sector. Um, so I know it's been a little quiet, but it's just been a lot of emails, talking to people text, phone calls, uh, etc. So things are definitely in the works. Hoping to share as soon as I can. I've got a really, really good lead on this next step. Um, some good news that came to me a couple days ago. So yeah, uh, I mean, things are really looking up uh, for Crawler and I'm just super, super excited about the future. Also, can you go ahead and just uh, tell everyone about the subreddit for Crawler? Yeah, um, so you can join us. It's r slash Crawler. And I've got, I'm on there as a mod. I'm honestly not on there. Tons of like all the time, but I've got uh, my D and D group that I play with. A couple of those guys were really kind. They stepped up and they're like, "Yeah, we'd be we'd be welcome or happy to help out with it." Uh, I've got my fiance is like the most like active one in there that he goes through and routinely will like tell me things, be like, "Hey, this is coming up, etc." So yeah, so that's where I've been sharing. You know, we've been sharing some information there. I know it's again, it's been a little quiet from my end, but that is a good channel to find us on. Um, we've also got a Facebook page. We also have a Facebook group, um, and in that group, uh, it's it's closed, so you have to request access in, and that's really where I get into kind of like the smaller like requesting feedback on this and that because um, it's a much much smaller group in that one. Also have a Twitter and Instagram presence, and I did just start this week. I got some help to kind of manage those communities and make sure that things that people are saying are getting relayed to me and then I'm seeing them on a sheet uh, so that I don't miss it because I really don't want people to feel ignored or uncared about. So excited to have that working through. So yeah, join us on the subreddit. Gotcha. And as I mentioned at the uh, er, earlier on in this interview, I am on Crawler if you want to connect with me on there. Uh, my username is Ryan underscore Howitzer. Perfect. So that's my first name and then H-O-W-I-T-Z-E-R. Don't forget the underscore in between those two. And uh, Jackie, where can people reach you uh, besides Reddit? Um, so that probably the like best way to get in touch with me, honest, as like, I guess, millennial old school, it sounds is through email. Um, so I'm Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E at crawler.app. 
um, that's probably like your easiest direct line being uh, working in marketing. Like I'm tied to my email all the time. Um, so that's probably the best way to get into get into it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm J underscore Zanto, I believe. Could be getting that wrong. Pretty certain there's an underscore there. Um, so I'd say like Twitter or email kind of tend to be the best places for me. Um, my crawler username is a walking example of why you should really think about the future because I look like a bot. I'm like a string of numbers. I couldn't even tell you what they are. Um, <laughs> but how the system's set up, I can't change my username, so I'm kind of stuck with it for the time being. I've got some other accounts that I use for like testing purposes, but fun stuff. <laughs> well, Jackie, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's It's been great talking to you. Um, is there anything else you'd like to tell these good people before we close it up for the evening? That I can think of at the moment. I mean, just thank you to everybody who's just been just incredibly kind. I mean, I've gotten so many messages, emails, uh, just from people who are like, Hey, like anyway, I will help you through this. I'll help you with this. Just like, and I've tried to get back to absolutely everybody. It's just been, I don't know how to like, just really validating to see that people are interested in it. And then just really inspiring to see not only are they interested, but like they're passionate about it. Like this is, that's not something you always find. Um, so that's just been really, just really great. And, uh, yeah, thank you to everybody for your continued support and messages. And like I said, it's, it's, it's been great. It's been a lot of work and it's been a lot of late nights, but it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on, Jackie. It's It's been great to uh, talk to you about this. I'm definitely going to keep sending people towards Crawler. Uh, you guys are going to hear so much about this app that you're going to be sick of me talking about it by, <laughs> by two weeks' time. Um, next week... We are having a very special episode. My my dear friend, Ashley Logan, who was one of my DMs and was a part of that, that D&D group that I keep talking about. She's going to be on the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is the first time we've actually had a conversation since my wedding. Uh, but until then, remember, just because someone wants to explore the Underdark does not mean they want to explore your Underdark. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us on Anchor.fm or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to shout at me on social media, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, I am at Howard underscore Ryan Gregg. And if you like miniatures and miniature painting, you can see all the work that I do on my Instagram, which is at Fenderboy771. Our theme song for Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard is Rumblin' by Trey Van Zant, who you can find at youtube.com slash C slash Trey Van Zant, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. Thank you so very much, and have a great day.